The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. It's time to get fired up. Fired Up is a show that delivers both business impact and social importance. Get ready to explore the connection between communications and human motivation. Our guests will share ideas on how to create higher returns on your communication investments by engaging the people who matter most. Our host, Gordon Rudo, CEO of Bonfire Communications, has bridged the communications gap from startups and nonprofits to the Fortune 500, from political leaders to celebrity CEOs. Get ready to be fired up with your master communicator, Gordon Rudo. Welcome to this week's episode of Fired Up. This is Gordon Rudo, your host. And I'm really excited about who we have on today, and uh, I think these guys are pretty freaking cool, incredibly talented, and uh, have a lot of interesting lessons to share with you guys. But before we go there, uh, I want to do a little reminder about what this show is about and what we've done so far, uh, give you folks, if you have not listened to the prior episodes, a, a little sense of what you're missing. Uh, so once again, as you'll hear me say in the beginning of every episode, uh, what we're committed to, what we're here for. And at the end of the day, we have to serve a particular audience, and we're focused on business leaders and organizational communicators, folks that are dedicated to inspiring and connecting different audiences, different human beings in the important missions and causes and efforts that they're engaged in. So we are committed to this uh, issue and going to look at it from 26 different perspectives over these 26 weeks. So what you've heard so far, you've heard from Beverly Kay in week one, and uh, love Beverly and her point of view. What she talked about in week one was the, the issue behind engaging people is challenging people, helping people find who they are, what their magic is, what their possibilities are, and having those kinds of discussions with them to help them grow, help them see possibilities and, and reach new heights. And that was complemented greatly by uh, Donna Markova in week two. And Donna came at this from a very different perspective, although had a lot of aligned points of view. Uh, but she's a neurobiologist and spent her, her career both as a scientist and as a consultant and helping business leaders and helping organizations understand what is it about how we're wired and how our brains work um, that can help us achieve great potential. And where are we limited? And how do you find that unique magic that every human being has and create an environment that brings out their best? So the message from Donna in week two, if, if you folks have not listened to it, I, I urge you to, was really about staying curious and staying flexible and the notion that our, our minds, our pathways, our neuropathways are fixed is, is false and has been disproven over the last five years or so in the scientific circles, this notion that we stop learning. Um, so she helped us see what the possibilities are to keep our brains active and flexible and curious. Uh, and then Terry McKinsey came in in week three with some terrific ideas around internal communications as the head of communications for Sun Microsystems, talking about authenticity and how to have fun. And then Jeff Saltzman last week talked about this notion of organizational confidence. How do you create an environment in companies 
where employees um, see the best potential future for themselves, see that bright potential where they're inspired and see what's possible and have a sense of confidence in the organization and its leadership and in themselves so that they can ideally perform uh, to their highest level. So we're dealing with human potential. We're, here, we're talking about motivation. We're talking about how do you bring the best out of people. And uh, before I dive in with my guests, I want to talk about a, uh, another aspect of this that will be a, a nice segue into what they're going to talk about today. Um, but a cool experience I had this week, and I had the opportunity to work with a global consumer package company, and they create products that uh, many of you consume on a regular basis. I can't mention their name, but we worked with their top 50 leaders on this particular model of teachable points of view. And this was developed by Noel Tishy at University of Michigan. And this idea that each leader, no matter where you are in an organization, um, you should share your points of view, your, your leadership lessons, what he calls a TPOV, teachable point of view, these moments in your life where you've learned a great lesson. And uh, he helps you create these maps that look like EKG maps, these highs and lows and these pivot points in your life where something impactful happened to you and a big leadership lesson has come. And, and what happens when you share those stories, when you can create a authentic point of view and a personal story for your employees or inside of the organization about how you think and what your worldview is about, how you can share your humanity. And we did this uh, for a variety of, of clients over the years, but this, this experience this week was really powerful. This was not how this culture is wired today. This was uh, very emotional and personal, and in an operations and analytical-driven company, this is a different way of operating and helping their leaders create their new culture where they want to go next that is more emotive, that is more about relationship um, through their personal stories was really powerful this week. And breaking out of uh, typical corporate communication speak and sharing your points of view, exposing your humanity is what uh, these guys on the phone today are fantastic at. Uh, so I want to welcome our guests, Josh and Axel from Language Common. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Hi, Gordon. Yeah, doing great. Glad to have you guys. And uh, as we dive into this open uh, possibility of, of bringing humanity to organizations, this is something that you guys have been doing for a while. Uh, tell us, tell us why, you, why you think this particular area of work is important, being human, bringing humanity. Oh, wow. So, okay, so, <clears throat> well, probably the, the, the glib, easy answer is, well, we are all human, and if our work doesn't speak to us on a human level, um, it's not going to be satisfying, and we're not going to do a good job, and we're not going to get excited about it, and uh, it won't mean anything to us. And um, I, I tend to believe that, that that stuff is all really important and is what makes life fulfilling, so... Um, yeah, we also sort of in the uh, in the creation of our company noticed that a lot of other companies weren't approaching approaching the work from a human point of view. They were looking at that whoever they were trying to talk to as a set of numbers or metrics or something like that, and uh, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to be treated that way. So in in our communications practice, we make a real point of uh, running all of the communications we do by ourselves to see how we engage with it on a, on a human level. 
um, because of the, like Axel said, that's the, the bottom line is that everybody's going to respond uh, in a similar way simply as humans. Sure, people have their, their own aesthetics and likes and dislikes, but, but at the end of the day, we all want to be talked to like a real person. So in your experience working with your clients, I mean, this is a very intuitive concept, but I don't experience this to be the reality of how they're working. Have you seen a gap between what you're talking about as, as a very natural way of operating to, to what your clients are doing today? Most of our, most of our clients, when they start with us, um, are coming to us for external communications um, to their, you know, their market or their consumers or their customers or their clients or whatnot. And... Uh, they they tend to think of these people as demographics, as statistics, as targets, um, and as a result, the work that they have been doing before they start working with us, um, it feels quite kind of cold, kind of irrelevant, um, doesn't really have any life to it, and uh, doesn't really seem to work very well. Um, it tends to be really safe, so it has that advantage in some some regard, and that you know our um, our direct contact is doing something that's been done before. But generally, we think that doing stuff that's been done before is a great way to get ignored. That kind of thing has happened to us in uh, internal communication jobs as well, in which the uh, the department or the people that are running the project are trying to get, you know, their their uh, their audience, in this case their employees, to act in a real specific way. And they don't use human motiva- motivation techniques. Instead, they use uh, the kind of lots of fear and uh, sort of almost threats. And to me, that's, in my, in my opinion, that's going to make people shut down and actually not want to participate. And even if it does work and get them to participate, they're certainly not going to have a good time and not going to actually enjoy their work. And one of our main the main premises of what we do is that if it's not fun, it's most likely not good. Uh, yeah, so if it's not fun, it's really not good. That's that's real yeah. interesting, and that's one of the things that Terry McKinsey shared with us is part of being human and being authentic inside of organizations and exposing a vision, a strategy, any of the kind of stuff that we're engaged in. Um, it's critical to bring that that fun piece in. We're gonna we're gonna need to go to a break in a second. I'm gonna come back to this piece around having fun and tell you more about what Josh and Axel have been up to over these couple of years because their their experiences have, have been so wide ranging and the kind of creativity they brought into uh, not just the communications world but a variety of different design spaces. And and I'm gonna talk about that when we come back from break. So. Quick break, and we'll come right back with Josh and Axel from Language and Common. Stay tuned. Fired Up on WebmasterRadio.fm will return after this short break. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. 
Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com? Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. XY7, it's affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even comes with state of the art tracking. Ready to start? You can do it a couple ways. 866XY7 pays. It's toll free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. SEM Synergy. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. On WebmasterRadio.fm. You're getting fired up only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's Gordon Rudo. So we are back with Language in Common, and uh, we're talking about how do you bring creativity, fun, and humanity inside of organizations, and how do those qualities actually help people connect and get inspired and, and find their own passion and fundamentally give their best performance and, and reach new levels of potential? So as we dive back into this thing, I, I do want to briefly introduce these guys um, and tell you a little bit about their backgrounds uh, and who Language in Common is. Uh, and they're a design studio. We actually had the opportunity as an agency to work with these guys on a couple different projects, and I was introduced to them as turbochargers to agencies. And as former agency folks, kind of recovering agency folks, um, they're coming back and working with folks like my firm and, and big companies as well and bringing kind of a turbo boost and, and bringing a new way of thinking when you're stuck, when you're locked, when you need to have something fresh. And, and they've done that for us. So I can, I can share that experience. And these guys are, are sitting at a very unique intersection with their capabilities. They're, they're communicators. They're innovators. They're, they're certainly incredible graphic designers. And, and we use them on naming projects and theming projects. So they have a, a lot of different skills. But beyond that, they've designed clothing. They've designed restaurants and social movements and art projects and actually even software. Um, so the range of skills is, is pretty wide. Um, and actually, before we dive specifically back into the topic, when we, when we look at that kind of background, um, I, I just always wonder, like, what do, you, what do you love about this stuff? What's the centerpiece of all of this? Uh, so that, that, that's like the, that's the, easy, the easy answer for me is that we get to do something different every day. We, we come in every morning and we go, oh, well, let's work on something different today. And we've got the privilege to get to keep doing that as long as the company's been in business. So it keeps us excited and keeps us super, super fresh and passionate about, about every project. And is there, inside of not just the freshness for you, is there a theme inside of each of these kinds of projects? Is there a cornerstone or a particular aspect that you are uniquely bringing to this? 
probably it's it's actually just ourselves. The I think the best part about our work is that we've structured it in such a way that we really get to be ourselves um, and express ourselves in the creative process. So uh, that feels really good, and and it's a huge contrast to you know our past lives as agency folks, where um, we had to be creative on other people's terms, and I say creative with quotes around it because it wasn't especially interesting or creative. No, I I would gather from reading your piece, Dear Bosses, that your experience was um, not only not creative, but potentially tormenting to some degree. Would that be fair to say? (laughs) Yeah, it was torture. So um, uh, if folks online are listening to this, I would urge you to go to languageandcommon.com and and download Dear Bosses um, as one of the couple free PDFs that they're giving away. Um, But when we talk about the torture of the agency world, if this is where creativity is supposed to live, why is it not living there? I think it takes us back to the the theme of this show, or the theme that seems to be emerging for this show, which is... um, humanity or lack thereof in, like, employee relations. Um, and in, in agencies sort of medium size and bigger, the, the organizational demands are first and foremost to keep enough revenue flowing, to keep payroll paid, and so the work just needs to happen and the bills need to get paid. Uh, so the creative... The, the emphasis on creativity, the emphasis on letting the creative folks um, play effectively and do work that they enjoy uh, gets lost. And instead, it's just about doing work that pays um, and doing it quickly and getting the client out the door so that you can invoice. And it, it ends up, uh, I think it ends up fatiguing all the creative folks pretty quickly. And next thing you know, you have a whole culture of uh, just trying to come up with easy answers that will get the client to shut up. It's also true that a lot of the medium to larger size agencies work with really large companies. And in particular, those large companies have a really hard time making decisions towards anything that is really, really different because they've got so many different types of of stakeholders. Um, So so most of the agencies we were in decided to bow to that pressure from their clients and, you know, take the easy sort of safe route. Um, We've had the privilege to to be working with companies that are independent enough to try something different. And in fact, we often uh, provoke our clients into doing something a little different, a little human. Some people call us bullies. Um, but it does seem like it's our job to make sure that our clients don't kill themselves by doing the same old thing. And if that means that we don't get to work together, then we're, we're pretty comfortable with that. So... Are, are folks just not fighting hard enough to be different? Are they covering their asses too much? Are, are, is the, the fear driving this? What, what's your sense of a root cause here? What, what can we try to fix? Oh, I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is a leap of faith, right? Fear is driving a whole lot of it because if you're really going to do something, uh, communicate a different idea or communicate it in a different way, there isn't really much precedent for it. So you can't tell if it's going to work. The only way you can tell is to go back to this idea of like looking at yourself as a human and looking at your friends and the people you interact with as human as humans. And if you think that those people are going to react positively because you would react positively, it's a good bet that it's going to it's going to work out most of the time. Uh, but yeah, the difficulty is that there is no precedent for a new, for a new idea or a new thing, and you have to just sort of jump in 
and hope that it's going to work out. And if it doesn't work out, well, then you ride it out and try something new. If you look at the motivations of rank-and-file management in big companies, uh, they're interested in doing the job right as defined in their job description so that they can get a positive review and get their promotion in two years and whatnot. And um, taking taking risks can be very difficult. Um, it goes back to the old uh, piece of wisdom, nobody ever got fired for buying IBM. I see a lot of that mindset. So this does start with somebody's fear. At the end of the day, it, it, we're talking about Humanity. We're talking about the individuals who are in these management positions, leadership positions, whether it's on the agency side or the client side. But there's somebody that's that's not taking that leap. Um, and and I want to pick on a particular thing that you talk about in your writing, um, which is self reflection. Um, and when I look at your bosses, and there's a page that talks about owning your problems, uh, knowing when you need a timeout, um, and even seeing a shrink. Um, and, and I know for a lot of folks, and, and we're from Northern California, so we can be more out there than a lot of our guests, but um, seeing a shrink in self-observation and reflection, I mean, what are we, what are we talking about here? Um, how does this play into this notion of, of fear and, and having fun? Yeah. So here, here, here's a really, good, a really good simple example uh, about sort of paying attention to yourself is so if we're if we are uh, an internet company and and or an internet company comes to us and asks us to do a banner ads my response would be well do you like seeing banner ads do you want to click on banner ads often often it's not that they don't want to act that way it's often that just there nobody nobody inside the organization is pushing them to think about that but i don't know anybody who really wants to click on a banner ad so if i don't know anybody who wants to click on one and i don't want to click on one why on earth would we make one so it's understanding other people and empathizing with other people. So that's a piece of it. But uh, I want to yeah. dive into this one because Donna Markova talked about this notion of inside-out communications, that if I'm communicating to you, if I'm in the room or even if I'm you know, in a commercial and, and communicating through content, uh, through media, um, there's some authenticity that needs to be there. And if I'm not feeling it, Inside, I'm probably not emanating it on the outside, and you on the outside are not feeling it on the other side. Um, yeah. So I'm just so curious on this notion. I'm, I think we're going to spend some time on this on later episodes as well. What is the centerpiece around knowing yourself and, and reflecting on you, on where you're coming from, um, from your point of view? Wow, it's, it's actually sort of hard to answer that because... I think it's something that Josh and I both do um, kind of intuitively, and maybe that's why we got into this line of work and why we've had the successes we've had. But um, you can't go wrong communicating something that's true. But how do you know, how do you know what's true? The best you've got is, is to look carefully at yourself and your own experiences. I mean, what, who else can you trust? And I think it's really important to be to be living a life that's examined, that's reflective. And, and I think that it, it's both very effective and very powerful and, uh, in the end, very, very fulfilling. Um, and I don't, know, I don't know if it can be taught. I don't know if there's, you know, three bullet point takeaways that, that, that really speak to it. It's, it's, um, it's the only thing I know. I, I do think that it's, I, I don't know about top, but I do think it's something that can, that can be developed. I mean, it's really about observational techniques, both looking at the world you're inhabiting and examining your responses to it. So, uh, 
you know, one, one idea would be to spend a day and simply register in your mind um, every time you make a right turn, whether you're in your car or on the street. What that's going to do is begin to develop this idea of, of looking at your behaviors in the world. And then you can even go further and say, well, what did I feel about that, that right turn? The right turn is obviously a bad example, but uh, you can look at the small little things you do and discover that they mean a lot more than you thought because now you're actually looking at them. And I think doing things like that help people become more aware of their surroundings, become more aware of how they, they uh, behave inside of them, and ultimately build sort of a sense of connection between themselves and the stuff outside of them. I love yeah, where this you know, is going. I'm, we're going to need to take a short break, but we're going to come back to this Dow of communications that we're getting into right now. How do we keep things fun and fresh? And, and I want to stick with this point around you can't go wrong if you can communicate the truth. Um, so what is truth? What is the center of, of your awareness and your truth? And how do you know when it's real? And how do you make sure you keep it fresh and fun for people? So we're going to come right back with Language in Common and uh, get back into those topics. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Fired Up on WebmasterRadio.fm will return after this short break. Here's your bill. Thank you so much, guys. Hey, it's all right. I'll take care of the tab, Jason. Well, thanks, Dave. How are you doing so well these days? It seems everyone's in a pinch for cash. RevenueWire.com, that's how. RevenueWire? Yeah, RevenueWire.com is an all-in-one platform offering affiliates high-demand software from top-notch PC utility merchants. With 75% commissions, twice-monthly payouts, incredibly accurate analytics tools, RevenueWire is making me more money today than I did in the last few years put together. Even in this economy? Especially in this economy. RevenueWire has a ton of great products to meet the demand. I'm telling you, this network is recession-proof. RevenueWire, the recession-proof network platform. For more information, visit RevenueWire.com today. That's RevenueWire.com. SEOSeek.com is your one-stop site for everything SEO. From search engine marketing to pay-per-click management, SEOSeek.com delivers high-quality SEO services at affordable prices. SEOSeek.com can help you with SEO analysis, monthly reports, title and meta tag optimization, email support, and so much more. Want to keep your SEO in-house? Let our professional trainers teach SEO to your staff. Get a free quote and a free competitive analysis today at SEOSeek.com. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. PPC Rockstars will take you to the promised land of PPC Profit. Live broadcast Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're getting fired up. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's Gordon Rudo. So we're back with Josh and Axel of Language in Common, and only have a couple minutes left, and we're getting deep and pretty out there here talking about awareness and about humanity and about understanding yourself and where your truth comes from. Um, so you were talking about um, taking notice of when you make right turns or left turns. Why don't you guys pick it up from there and talk about noticing things? Yeah, so this reminds me of um, in another manifesto we wrote, um, we 
we urge people to pay attention to um, how they use the word yes and how they use the word no. And notice, um, notice whether or not they're in balance or whether or not you use one more than the other. And what happens when you favor one word or another? What happens when you live your life saying no or what happens when you live your life saying yes? Um, it's a small thing to pay attention to, but it, it turns out to be usually quite interesting. Um, and especially when it's done at a kind of organizational level and you get a group of people noticing that people, that every meeting is full of no and no yeses. Um, or maybe the other way around. Um, I, th- I think it can be a sort of a tra- transformative experience. And it's a great way to start uh, cultivating uh, a self-observation and uh, a practice of self-awareness. But this is actually one of the, one of the inspirations for, for my own sort of beginnings of self-awareness was that when I was, I must, I don't know, when I was a kid, somewhere between five and ten, like most kids, I said no a lot. I was learning the power of that word. Um, uh, so my dad made a, I don't know, four-foot-long sign and just splashed in black paint the word yes on top of it and nailed it above my bed. Uh, and his reasoning, when I asked him about it, you know, 20 years later or whatever, was that he wanted me to remember to say yes as often as possible. And that is one way of remaining open to to the world and remaining open to new ideas and new ways of doing things is by constantly letting them in. Seems like if anybody wants to pay a big giant sign that says yes in their office, that might help. Well, it's relevant. I mean, putting visual nature to something expressive that, that's inside of you that you want to understand uh, is a big part of what we do in, in marketing and communications. But I want to start wrapping this up into some takeaways. And, and I've had, again, the fortunate opportunity to work with you guys, so I know what I've been left with. And I might add a point or two, but keep in mind our listeners, if you can, on, on these couple of minutes of closing, we have business leaders out there that are struggling with getting their, their vision, their mission, their strategies out there and getting people connected to them, understanding them, internalizing them, get passionate and actually act upon them. So we're trying to move people to action and whether it's the business leader out there or the organizational communicator or the marketer, we're all struggling with how do we say it in a particular way or to the right vehicle that's going to actually impact you to, to shift the way that you think or behave. Uh, so a couple takeaways. How, how do you take all of your learnings in your career and sum it up into a couple of points for our listeners? Uh, well, to, to, to get into the one that, that uh, we were just talking about is, I mean, the simple way to say it is simply become better at observation and self-observation. Uh, and that will teach you something right now. And if you, if you become uh, self-observant, if you become observant of other people, uh, it becomes much easier to um, engage them as humans as opposed to as demographics or as targets. And, uh, and that's something we think is important as well, which is the idea of engage people at the human level. So, yeah, to build on that even, the other, the other awesome thing is when, you're, when you begin to look at yourself and others, you learn way easier how to give people a good time. And everybody knows that fun is pretty much the best motivator. So the more authentic, real fun you can, you can give to people in their work, I think the better. Yeah, and let's and let's remember that fun has uh, a pretty wide interpretation. It doesn't have to be flowers and rainbows. In fact, sometimes being provocative or controversial or taking a risk is uh, one of the most fun things you can do. So, as we leave our listeners with thoughts about self awareness, about being authentic and true, and finding your truth, and making sure 
that how you express it is a way that is real and connected and, and actually fun for people and provocative for people. I, I do want to add one more that I've learned from you. And uh, having the opportunity about a year and a half ago to develop some marketing materials and, and want to, uh, to think about it differently and bringing you guys in, one of the things that you said to me, and, and it resonates still today, um, don't think about marketing, about saying what you want and packaging it in a way that kind of gets people to buy, but truly, what do you want to share? Give it away. And the kind of people that will connect to that concept, the true essence of what you want to share and give it away in that human way, you'll find them. They'll connect to you. Um, so that was, a, that was an interesting notion that marketing can be education, can be actually sharing core ideas, principles, philosophies, methodologies, things that we consider in business a lot of intellectual property or intellectual capital kind of things that we, we hold close to our chest. Um, want to leave one parting thought around the idea of giving your shit away. Yeah, maybe, maybe the, the best way for us to, to say is that uh, marketing and communications uh, should be based around this idea of giving people help and giving them hope. Giving people help and giving people hope. I'm sorry if I cut you short, but I, I want to end on that point. Uh, we're running out of time, and giving people help and hope, I think, is, is perfect in this economy and what we're facing as a humanity today. Um, so I want to I thank the Language and Common guys, Josh, an actual pleasure to talk to you guys this morning. They can uh, see you or, or hear more from you at languageincommon.com. Yes. And uh, tinygigantic.com, is that right? Yeah, that's our, our uh, blog. So they can find you at Tiny Gigantic or Language in Common. I also want to urge you folks uh, who are listening to check out Written on the City. These guys search the world for powerful messages and graffiti throughout the world and have a really cool art book uh, that is funny and cool and interesting and quirky. Um, so thank you to Language in Common, guys. Thank you to Webmaster Radio. In the next couple of weeks, we've got some great episodes. So we hope to see you soon. Take care.